You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Get inside the game from every angle. It's Rugby Direct with Harvey Norman. Blackout deals on TVs, audio and home appliances. Powered by Newstalk ZB. Welcome into Rugby Direct, part of Newstalk ZB's coverage of France 2023 with Harvey Norman. Blackout deals on TVs, audio and home appliances. Elliot Smith, Newstalk ZB lead rugby commentator, Liam Napier, Chief Sports Writer, New Zealand Herald, back with you again for our midweek edition of Rugby Direct. Again from Leon, and Liam, we have an All Blacks team to face Italy revealed. Uh, good news for Ian Foster, he's got some of those injured players back too in the starting team in the form of Shannon Frizzell and Geordie Barrett, two off the bench, and Terrell Lomax and uh, Sam Kane, the usual captain. Um, I guess first and foremost, if we zero in on those injured players, good to have them back in the mix for the All Blacks as they uh, look to build because, uh, you know, basically from here on out, they're going to have to probably, in theory, play their top team from, from here on in. It's very timely, isn't it, to get uh, the uh, that sort of quartet, that firepower, uh, very influential figures back at this juncture when it's sudden death and the All Blacks have to perform, have to perform well and, and really put a bit of a statement out to say they are still favourites. I guess it's been a long time since we've had a, a, a team naming, mm. two weeks, and the All Blacks have used that time well to work on their game uh, to get these guys back. And it's an interesting team, isn't it, with the, the contrasting approaches to uh, those four guys coming back. Uh, it's from what we heard from Ian Foster today, Tyrell Lomax, I guess it's a nasty injury to come back from 30 stitches in his thigh. He wants him just to ease his way back in. And Sam Kane, probably the most interesting, I think, of, of, of all those guys, the way they've approached it. Clearly his back injury, which flared up three weeks ago now on the eve of the tournament opening loss to France, is much worse than first fed because, and back spasms, I guess, can go at any time. Yep. But he's the captain, uh, you know, talisman, very well respected in that team. By all accounts, he will regain starting status, but not for this week. Yeah, and, and you're right, back spasms are one of those injuries, if anyone's ever had them, that they can be debilitating and they're really troublesome to get over and they can strike again at any time. I guess if you put Lomax on the bench, he gets 30 minutes, starts building their scrum loads again and, and real game scenarios rather than just uh, on the training park. Sam Kane hopefully gets a few minutes uh, at the end. Uh, an ideal scenario, perhaps the All Blacks already have that game out of sight by the time those two game, uh, players come onto the park. I guess the good news is and there are different play, different teams when they do have those four players fit. Frizzell and Barrett, they've missed those two players. I know Ian Foster sort of played it down um, in terms of how much they missed Frizzell, but undoubtedly his impact has been big for this All Blacks team. And he hasn't played for the All Blacks since that test in Melbourne where they ran right against uh, Australia. But he was their player of um, the rugby championship. He, he was really, really good. So had, to have him back is um, not an... Uh, not a small boost in the slightest. It's, it's, it's a big boost for them as they head into this Italian game. I didn't really realise quite how long it had been, as you mentioned, that Melbourne test. That was two months ago. Mm. So we haven't seen Shannon Frizzell. He hasn't played a game in two months. And the hamstring injury he did while he wasn't in camp with the All Blacks training at home, and it's taken him a long time to get back. And you're right, both Geordie Barrett and Shannon Frizzell, while they play different positions, in many ways they fulfil a similar role in that they give the All Blacks so much punch, give, get them on that front foot, uh, which helps them generate that quick ball that they want. 
Frizzell, you know, that performance against the box at Mount Smart, uh, just phenomenal, steamrolled, uh, the, the winger for the try in the corner, yeah. just tore the, the spring box to shreds there. Uh, but he's been out for a long time, so it's going to be a challenge potentially to, to come in and, and deliver that straight away. Uh, but two two big ins for the All Blacks. Just, just going back to Kane as well, uh, just a wee bit of an explanation there. So he, the reason he's not starting basically from what Ian Foster was saying is that uh, he still needed to get through a couple of trainings. We're talking today on uh, what is Wednesday. Today? Wednesday. You lose track of days on tours like this, don't you? Uh, he had to get through a couple of trainings earlier in the week to prove his fitness, and the All Blacks named their team internally on a Monday. So he wasn't a guarantee to play this match at that point. So that was the reasoning given why he's on the bench and not starting. It would have been interesting to see who backed him up on the bench if he wasn't fit with. They would have gone Jacobson or, or maybe... Ethan Blackadder, a question that probably will never be answered. But um, good to see those uh, that quartet back. I think the bench is kind of the story of the team, in all honesty, because you look there, Sam Whitelock uh, breaking the record, 149 appearances for the All Blacks, uh, becoming the most capped uh, All Blacks player in history. But then you've got a bit of a change as well. Dane Coles at hooker backing up. Um, Cody Taylor starting and Cameron Roygaard at halfback. Now, through the season, they've gone with Samasoni Tokioho as the number 16 reserve hooker and Finlay Christie has been the backup to Aaron Smith. Do you think that these changes, particularly around halfback and hooker, are permanent ones that Ian Foster's made these changes on, on a permanent basis or is it horses for courses? It was three positions there where the pecking orders potentially definitively shifted. I think at lock, that is a clear telling indication of the All Blacks pecking order at lock that they view Scott Barrett and Brodie Retallick as their starting locks and Sam Whitelock with his experience composure to come on late. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't know if, for me, Sam Whitelock is, is a desirable impact player. But clearly, uh, there's no room for sentiment this mm. week with uh, the record you mentioned there, uh, and so I think that is quite that that, is, that will be permanent. I, I'm not against the idea of having someone like Sam Whitelock come on in the closing stages. I think you look back to that France game; they missed some impact for sure, but they, I think they also missed some leadership as well in that last 20 minutes whether it be um, just direction around the park or whatever it was. I don't know that they got that. They missed Sam Kane, I think, I think in that regard. Um, so having Sam Whitelock come on in that closing 20 minutes um, in test matches, if that is to be his role from here until the end of his All Blacks career, whenever that might be, in, in a couple of weeks' time or in a final, whatever it is, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I agree that Brody Retallick is the more likely impact player if you were to pick out of the two veterans to come off, but I can see maybe where they're going there. And you think, I think that's the 2015 World Cup. Kevin Mialamu um, sort of backed up um, Andrew Hoare at the time. Uh, sorry, Dan Coles at the time. Um, and he provided that, that calm head under pressure in the final 20 minutes. So I think as much as you want impact, you also want cool, calm decision-making. I think maybe you do get that from someone like Sam Whitelock. And to extend that out, it also explains why he didn't step in as captain um, when Sam Kane was ruled out perhaps on the opening night. They thought that maybe he'll be out for a few more weeks and they didn't want to chop and change captains. I think that's why they went with Artie, because he's a bolted-on starter in their first-choice team. Clearly, Sam Whitelock is now their third-choice hook, uh, third-choice lock. Um, and I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think when you extrapolate it out and you look at the bench, you want a, 
a range of skills and a, and a balance of, of qualities, don't you? So yeah, Sam Whitlock's uh, your experienced campaigner. I just I don't know if he's he's the guy that's going to come on and and you know provide that go forward punch. But but he is the guy that's going to be your uh, absolute weapon if you want a defensive line out steal yep. or you know you want someone reliable, uh, as you say, cool, calm head. But when you when you go back to looking at the broader bench, I think. The picking order has again definitively shifted at halfback, and I'd say belatedly so. Cam Roygaard should have been on the bench for uh, the opening loss to France. Came out the following week and had a man of the match performance against Namibia. The All Blacks have now seen the light, <laughs> and uh, he, he will be deputising for Aaron Smith, barring injury for the remainder of this tournament in the in the key matches. I'm not so sold at hooker. I think. For this match, the All Blacks want experience. They want cool, calm heads. Dane Coles is not necessarily always that guy, but he he is certainly experienced. He's going to hit your line-outs. But I think it's also there's also a bit of an element of sending a message to Samasoni Takiaho, who has not been the player this year that he was last year. And last year he went past Taylor and Coles largely because of his destructive ball carrying, but also his work rate. And I think they probably have concerns about his set piece, which is hugely important at a World Cup like this in terms of his line-out throwing. And I think he's always been considered an inferior scrummager to those other two. So two pecking orders shifted with the the locks and the halfbacks, not quite sold at hooker. The the only other one, just from the bench perspective, is Damian McKenzie. Mm. This is the first time since the All Blacks opening match season opening match in Mendoza that Moanga, Barrett and McKenzie have played in the same team which is potentially a bit of a luxury. It is and when that game McKenzie started of course and Moanga came off the bench uh, in that time. This is the first time McKenzie's come off the bench this year in the All Blacks. I do think he's that ideal impact player and I don't know that the All Blacks have necessarily got their bench right in other tests to this point. It feels kind of like this might be the closest to getting it quote-unquote right in my mind anyway um, that we've seen so far. Just on Takiyaho, I think he has sort of, sort of gone under the radar a wee bit this year that he has seemed to have gone backwards um, in this, whether it's been you know just a, through weight of matches played or whatever it is, but he's not having the impact he has this year. So you're right, I think a message potentially being sent from the All Black selectors uh, to uh, Samasondi and, and you know with the, the potentially assuming they win this game against the Italians, um, you know bigger matches to come. It's it's a real warning to him. Just uh, put you on the spot question, I guess. When it comes to McKenzie, Leicester Fyinga Nuku is the guy that's missed out. What's what's your what's your feeling there? Who would you rather have? Well, I, I reckon you have both, and I think you take McKenzie in as your ten um, cover and fifteen cover, and then you have Leicester Fyinga Nuku who can cover both sides. I think of the park and playing wing, and they haven't tried him there, and, and I know why they'd be reluctant to put him in the midfield. But if you wanted someone that was going to bang bodies, try and break the uh, advantage line in the closing stages of a game, I think Leicester-Fying Anuku's your guy. I don't know that... If we go back to this impact thing, um, I don't know that Anton Leonard-Brown's your impact player off the bench, and I'm not sure what he brings as a bench player. I kind of compare him to an Aaron Cruden, who was a very, very good all-black, great 10, but didn't feel like an impact player. He either started the t- t- test or he... You know, basically wasn't in the 23 because they had, at the time, better options, Bowden Barrett, except Damien, etc., etc., who could add that impact off the bench. I'm not sure whether Anton Leonard-Brown is that impact player that you would want from your backs in those closing stages of the game. 
Yeah, I agree to a point. I think where your argument is vulnerable as as defensively yeah. because Fanganuku hasn't played there. Leonard Brown's he's he's a guy that's not going to miss too many tackles if you're you know you're up or you know the, the final twenty minutes you don't want to yeah. be exposed defensively. So that's what and he can cover second and centre. So that's why he's there. Fanganuku they haven't tried. They don't trust from a defensive point of view. But yeah, it's an, an interesting discussion because I thought Fanganuku must have been pushing Mark Talia for, for that left wing role and now he's not in the 23. So you can't have everything. Um, but yeah, I think it is a bit of a luxury. While McKenzie is that impact guy, he'll bring something different to Moonga. I presume that's who he'll replace because uh, yeah, I, I think that's the way it'll play out. But let's wait and see. Indeed. Um, now, you were reminded the other day, just on a tangent, that uh, the All Blacks Media Conference of some memories from 2011, um, the media game. Was it Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere? We were going to match 2011, I think at Western Springs. Italian journalist, I think it works with Sky Italia, I don't know the, the guy's name, but um, came into the media conference and saw the top knot, top knot and thought, <laughs> I know you from somewhere. Interesting character. Inter- interesting character, but uh, take us through this game of... 2011, because clearly he left an impression on you or vice versa. I think it was his cameraman that said, he came in, he said, someone, oh, that was an awful Italian accent. Oh, <laughs> this is your heritage. So, sorry, my, sorry, Melita and uh, my Italian <laughs> roots. Um, basically, uh, every, every World Cup, it's a bit of a shame, I don't think there's one anymore, but 2011, 2015, uh, played in a rugby uh, media match. 2011, um, as, as this Italian presenter said to me, he was like, I played you in 2011 media match <laughs> and we killed you. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> lived long in his memory than it did for you. Yeah, it was a very uh, interesting game though. So we had a number of Argentinian players on our team, all of which from memory could not catch the pill. So any time the ball went from myself <laughs> or halfback out on the back line, they just dropped it. And, and the, the opposing team, as the Italian presenter recalled, had three professional players, two of which were like seriously built Polynesian guys. So yeah, they did kill us. But in that match, photographer Peter Meacham from Emory broke his collarbone. Tristan Clayton, I think for Campbell Live, if I recall correctly, wore a GoPro. And for the two minutes that he was on the field, spent that time screaming, saying, get off me, you're hurting me, <laughs> whenever he's at the bottom of a rock. So, yeah, good memories. 2015, played in another media match. Uh, Toby Robson, now with New Zealand Rugby, former uh, staff rugby writer, great rugby writer. Uh, he played first five, Willie Nichols, um, Black Caps media manager, played mm. uh, number eight, which is... <laughs> if you know Willie Nichols, uh, listeners, um, he's not a number eight. <laughs> With all due respect to Willie. Yeah, there's a great photo of him, Love you, Willie, but... him, him and Brody Retali. <laughs> and Toby, uh, former uh, USA international player, cut them to shreds. But yeah, I, I think they might have had a touch game in 2019. I haven't heard anything about it. Didn't bring my boots this year. Uh, so those so was it Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, or was it just random mix? It was in 2015 in the UK, but that match was very, uh, in, in 2011, very mix and match. But yeah, obviously he had fond memories mm-hmm. in that match and uh, not, not so for myself. Yeah, well, there was a slight bit of controversy at today's media conference as well um, with this gentleman um, yeah, around... Bit a, of a bit of an outburst, didn't he? Well, it was just around um, our colleague Shuri Kinnear from the New Zealand Herald asked this question and a fair one. From, I've listened back to the audio from Kieran Crowley today and basically said the All Blacks will bully them. Um, she asked what the reaction was to basically suggesting that the All Blacks will be bullies on the park and... 
Um, he, she was asked by Ian Foster to explain it because he hadn't heard the quote. It was only an hour before and now beforehand. An Italian friend, Italian friend, blow up and, and great said, exception. Yeah, no, they didn't say the no, 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 no. Um, in retrospect, I think, I think Cherie was he was, well, was outlined. Yeah, slightly. Um, let's talk Johan Dacil uh, on Rugby Direct. This punishment that's been dished out to the Namibian captain for his hit on Antoine Dupont. Uh, he's going to miss six games, probably down to five, once he enrolls himself in tackle school. Um, but it was deemed at the higher end by the World Rugby Independent uh, Disciplinary Panel. Now, I've got a few issues with that because I don't think it's any worse than what we've seen in other instances of the World Cup so far. There was one, the Scotland-Tonga game, Last week with Tonga, really should have played a red card. It was done for mitigation. But if you're telling me that's the high end, it, I mean, it was it was an ugly hit. Don't get me wrong, and he deserves to be suspended for it. But it kind of feels to me, and I know they go through a checklist. I know they go through, did this happen? Did this happen? Did this happen? You tick a box and you go, okay, well, we're starting at this point. But it feels to me that they've added almost a tax on taking out a high-profile player from the Rugby World Cup. I feel really so, sorry for Johan Dessel. Um He's going to, his World Cup was going to be over anyway, regardless. But I, I think they've targeted him, and I, and I don't like the precedent that it sets. And I also don't like, and yes, they, the World Rugby Panel has to take this into account because it's in the rules that it stands, but I don't like the fact that they take into effect that the player was injured. Mm. That yeah, shouldn't be a part of it because injuries, yes, you have, you know, your, your body motion, your tackle has helped cause the injury, but that shouldn't be taken into account because it's pure dumb luck sometimes whether a player gets injured from a tackle or not. It should be on the intent of the tackle, um, the technique, everything like that, not the outcome of it. And I, I think World Rugby and um, the powers that be have got it sorely wrong there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's the, the key point of, of that is the, the injury. And that that was a clear uh, in the in the findings that because Dupont had this very serious injury, that was a major factor in him uh, being put in at the the high end. So, look, I, I'll go as far to say as if Johnny Sexton makes that tackle, he gets in the mid range and it and it's, and it's reduced. It's a very easy out for World Rugby yeah. because it's a, a tier two country. It's you know an easy target as you say, and it's no great loss from a tournament perspective. So yes, it was an ugly tackle. Yes, there were wide ramifications from it, but I totally agree. I don't think the injury status of the player should come into any form of consideration. Yeah, I think they need to really look at that because, um, as I said, it's, it's sometimes just pure dumb luck whether a player gets injured or not. And as it happens, Dupont's probably going to be back for the, the quarterfinals. Not that it should be taken into account in the slightest, but... Um you know, basically he's going to miss one game. Well, just it also comes back to the lack of consistency. Like the French lock, his name escapes me right now, and his hit earlier in the tournament, and he got a yellow card. Mm. It was clear shoulder-to-head contact. So just the the broad lack of consistency across the board as well is, is, is where the frustration lies with this. Uh, so... Another example, I think, of um, of poor of a poor outcome, a frustrating outcome that leaves everybody waving their arms and shaking their head. Yeah, I think it's rough on on poor old Johan Dessel. Uh Closing time almost on this uh, midweek edition of Rugby Direct. A um, couple of tales from our eating uh, habits, which we're we're going to run through here. Uh, you know, last night we were looking for dinner um, <laughs> at about what eight o'clock, I think it was eight thirty. 
Um, Liam and I previously said to each other, hey, this is good. We, we all looked around on Google Maps because that's what you do when you're trying to find somewhere decent nearby. And we both found an Italian restaurant. Now, as it happened, highly rated on Google Maps, I should say, as an Italian restaurant. And we, we both said, yep, let's go to this Italian restaurant. Problem was, we both found two different restaurants. Um, I think I might have even taken us to a third last night that wasn't one of those two highly rated ones. Um, you've been building yourself up all day. You can have a great pasta. We got there and it's pizza only. That's tough to take for you. Oh, it was a real body blow, actually. <laughs> Look on Google Maps. Yeah, highly rated. It was like 4.7, 4.8 on Google Maps. Like this, this is one of the best restaurants in Italy. Come here. You yeah. can't, can't beat the pasta. I yeah. was really ready to go. And then... Uh, Pizza only. Pizza only. Yeah. Pizza I, was good, though. I blame you. Well, I'll, I'll take the blame for that, so I think we're going to a pasta restaurant next week. Um, you did also want to mention, um, we actually mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the pod, but uh, old bloody Butterfingers here, myself, uh, accidentally edited it out. <laughs> um, we happened to be out for dinner in Toulouse, and we saw some sights. We did, yeah. Uh, Hungry man. Uh, we, are we going to name him? Are we going to keep yeah, it a mystery? Yeah, it's fine. We were, we were sat next to uh, Ethan Blackadder. He was enjoying his night, as were we, and it was torrential downpours, which was quite amusing. But look, all, all I'll say is there's a reason that man is 118 kg because he put away two full mains. Was it fish and a steak? It was fish and a steak. And I think that's a standard we should all aspire to. Without a, without a sweat. Yeah. Putting away two mains. By the end of the trip, you know... You know, one nut would do two mains. The difference I'll is do two he's, he's working it off. <laughs> he's working it off and playing for the All Blacks and wouldn't have made, I'm sure it made some difference, but, you know, he's, he's absolutely shredded. Um, but, yeah, very impressive effort from that. Um, any apologies or corrections we need to make this podcast? Not I'm aware of. Haven't had any feedback as yet, but okay. uh, I'm Still all, time. always here to put my hand up and take ownership. Yeah, that's, that's what we like about you, Liam, <laughs> taking ownership. Uh, and just finally, big happy birthday to Ollie Ritchie, uh, friends of both of us and the podcast, uh, regular listener, and uh, he turned the big 3-0 the other night, and uh, plenty of celebrations with the New Zealand media crew uh, at uh, the Funky Monkey. Good spot. Good spot. Yeah, great man, Ollie. Uh, very nice to meet some of his family, his, his mum and his brother, and uh, his wife Kimberly was there, so it was a good night. No casualties, no carnage. That's, that's also a big tick. So, yeah, the big three zeros, 20s are behind them. Probably time he matured, really, isn't it? Well, we'll see whether that happens. Uh, jury is out on that one. <laughs> uh, that'll do us for our midweek rugby direct. We'll be back after the All Blacks play Italy. Of course, you can listen to it uh, across Newstalk ZB, Goldsport, and iHeartRadio. Kickoff 8 a.m. Saturday morning. You can follow the coverage on New Zealand Herald as well and view uh, Liam's match report uh, as a result of that match. We'll be back uh, early next week with a review of that match and all the other World Cup news. Our thanks to Larson Bars English. This has been Rugby Direct, part of Newstalk ZB's coverage of France 2023 with Harvey Norman blackout deals on TVs, audio and home appliances. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.